0: Well, hello, all you beautiful chicks and dudes of all sorts. This is Suave Rob Suarez, the bitchin' double-X daredevil star of Suave Rob's amazing ass-saving association, here with another ass-saving tip, totally free from me to you, to help you save your ass so you can live to sit another day. Now, back in the day, when dudes were dudes, this one dude, Benchmark Bob, buddy of mine, he had this little accident. He tried frying up an egg when he was totally hammered, so he washed a pan, then didn't dry it, then put a shitload of butter in it, then turned on the heat. Well, when you do that, chicks and dudes, the water makes the oil go splatso all over your own personal face. And good old Benchmark got his bench marked, if you know what I mean. Like, when he took his apron away from his face, it looked less like a face and more like someone had stepped on a pepperoni pizza. I don't like to think about it. But that goes to show you, you know? Always dry your pans before you put oil in them, man. Especially if you're frying an egg. Want to know where I learned all this gonzo sh**? I got it all done up pretty for you in Suave Rob's Double X Daring Do, the first book of Suave Rob's awesome adventures by J. Daniel Sawyer. Come share the awesomeness with me, my brothers, because you never know the ass you save may be your own. Welcome to The
1: Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, author of nearly 30 books, more than 30 short stories, and numerous articles and scripts and essays, coming to you from up in the crow's nest with my spyglass on this daily voyage through the dicey waters of business, craft, learning, and art in the writing life. Welcome to The Questions, Episode 1044. Today, we hear again from Kane, who floats another one of his, uh, who asks what I think about another really big idea.
2: What do you think about the idea that artificial intelligence, which can already create any image known or that can be dreamed up of by mankind by simply quantifying it down to mathematical pixels of size, shape, color, and light, will also one day be able to do the same for movies and will eventually live in a world where a human can request any kind of image or video that they want to see and simply pay a fee and experience it on the spot without having to wait any longer than getting a freshly made dinner delivered to their table from the kitchen
1: that sounds horrifying
2: do you want to have the ai create an entirely new star trek series but this time cast with your favorite actors such as lucille ball in the captain's chair and burt reynolds as the big bad well you can of course, one could argue that a discerning fanbase could tell the difference and only buy human-generated content. However, this only counts for a portion of the population because some people love what they love and do not care where it came from or how authentic it may in fact be. Tragic but true.
1: I find this absolutely horrifying. Um, and I find it horrifying for a weird reason. The problem with... This kind of scenario that you lay out is it freezes culture at, really, the late 20th century. The computer can riff on the late 20th century by remixing things. But that's it. There is nothing new. And although I think that the future you project is plausible, the extent to which it comes true, I think, is going to scale directly with the extent to which culture is dead. And I don't mean like, high culture is dead, I mean the actual endeavor of humans working together and telling themselves stories to make the world make sense, and coming to dynamic new agreements as ground conditions change, all that's dead. This is the symptom of a dying culture. It is just—imagine a technological civilization that only subsisted by mining the dumps of previous civilizations and repurposing, not recycling into new mater, into fresh materials, but just repurposing what they found there. Now, I like repurposing. I do a lot of it around here. I just today turned an old bed frame into, tra- into a track extension for my sawmill. Repurposing is great— But it is a kind of cannibalism. And for culture to work, for culture to be worth anything that people are willing to show up for, it can't just be cannibalism. You have to let things die and ferment and molder and turn into fresh nutrients for the next cycle. You can't just go and eat the brains of the other people. You know, if, if you put a body in the ground and let it turn into soil and then grow um, grow your crops on it, that's healthy. And it's generative. If you instead go to the body and strip the flesh off and eat it, you're going to have problems. Prion diseases, if nothing else. It's also a little gross. But prion diseases, other things like that, with that, by stripping out all the intermediate stages that make up the cycle of life, you short-circuit it in a way that will cause a continual degeneration and spiral around to a low energy state that is not going to be healthy and not going to be survivable. And this seems to me to be an exact analog of that in the cultural world. So I don't like it. I don't think it's a good idea, even though the nifty factor, the wow factor, would be kind of cool for a
2: little while. I think what would happen if there if artificial intelligence were writing were writing stories and making films for us is that we would develop a um basically a fan fiction community that is remixing things in as creative a way as possible and sharing it around. but I don't think it would be I don't think it would be the primary form of art. Mm-hmm. I think it would be. A way that amateur and fan communities are creating works, and and I say that partly because in the last since Star Trek had a fan community, or fan fiction and, and fan generated art and media have evolved from written stories to fan films to um, art to um, gifts to that sort of thing. And the type of, of works that they make have changed. But it's still a very particularized community.
1: Yeah. There's that. I'm going to go in a different direction, though. There's basically three kinds of civilizations. There's the steady-state civilization that is holding... That it's just in a holding pattern perpetually for a few centuries before something interesting or enough interesting things accumulate to break it out. There's the declining civilization, which makes no new advances at all. And then there's the technological civilization, which is always dreaming up and realizing some kind of new future. We are currently in a state of transition from a technological civilization to one of the other two kinds. And in the United States, this transition does not need to be permanent. Everywhere else in the world, it is. It's, that's the way it's going to be for the next couple of centuries because of what demographics are doing. In the United States, we've got a little more of a lease on life. In a world in which the AIs are entertaining us, there are no new dreams. And with no new dreams, there is no technological advance. If this becomes the way that it's done, the technological civilization will collapse permanently. That's my genuine opinion.
2: Hmm. So I might be a little bit more optimistic mm-hmm. because I see what the lay people are doing when the commercial art is boring mm-hmm. is they write and remix it themselves into something interesting.
1: Right. But he's talking about a situation in which the um, the only people who are interested in something really human are the cultural elite, um, which is a different scenario than the one you're unfolding. You're saying you think it's more likely that the human remixers will basically take the reins of creativity back. Yeah, which would be fine. But if we're sticking to his scenario, that's the death of technological society. Thank you very much for the hypothetical, Kane. That was fun.